so everything that happened negatively to Jesus turned out to our positive. What about thirsting? He thirsted for us so that we would not have to live with an endless, frustrating, thirsting for God that could never be quenched. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, Tag a Friend, with part two of the message, A Conversation with a Shady Lady. Jesus was all about reaching people, whether it was a crowd or someone he took the time and trouble to get with alone. In today's message, we find Jesus talking with a woman with a very checkered past, but a hungry heart. She will never be the same following her meeting with Jesus. So let's go right to part two of the message, a conversation with a shady lady, and see what Jesus said that changed her life. So when he went to this well, he knew exactly who was coming, exactly what her name was, exactly what she needed. And so he sat himself down at high noon waiting for this woman to arrive. You know what I like about that? The Bible shows that God often chooses to invade our normal, everyday, everyday, work-a-day existence. When we least expect it, God intervenes and reveals himself and speaks to us and brings a change into our life. He is full of surprises. You never know what God is going to do. He steps right into the middle of our mundane activities and changes us. Think a minute, when Gideon was threshing wheat, there he is threshing wheat, just another work day, Gideon just doing what he did every single day, and all of a sudden there is a mighty angel that says, hey, mighty man of God, and all of a sudden Gideon's life was totally changed by the visitation of God Almighty via an angel. Moses is out there herding sheep. It's just another day of herding sheep. He's 80 now. He's herding sheep another day on the pasture, listening to the bleeding of the lambs. And all of a sudden, he hears a voice talking. He turns and sees a bush that is on fire but not being consumed. And God invaded his everyday, everyday, and spoke to him and called him. And his life was changed in a flash on a normal day. Peter and John came in from a long day of fishing, rubbing their eyes. They're tired. Peter pulls that net full of fish out of the boat. John begins mending the net where it needs to be mended. And all of a sudden, there is a man waiting there, a man looking at them. And he says to them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And Jesus Christ totally changed their life in a flash, stepping into their every day, every day. You never know when he's going to show up. This woman wasn't looking for Jesus, but you know what? Jesus was looking for her. And knew where to find her. All she wanted was water, but Jesus knew she had far deeper needs. Though she didn't know it. I love this. She got up that day and said, see you in a little bit to Mr. Six. 
grabbed a couple of pails, headed down to the well, and she had no idea, this lonely, shady lady, that she had a date with destiny. Her life was about to be totally, completely revolutionized and changed by one divine encounter. So we see a divine encounter. And I want you to know that God gives us divine encounters today. Some of you are having one right now. Some people had one in the early service, a divine encounter. It is when heaven stoops down, heaven condescends, heaven steps down and says something, does something, touches us. Second, we see in this story that witnessing is not always comfortable, it's not always pleasant, and it's not always easy. I'm going to say that again. When you talk to somebody about God or Jesus... It's not always comfortable, it's not always convenient, it's not always easy, and it's not always pleasant. Our shady lady here was not an easy case. Remember, three walls, gender, racial, and shame. Jesus had to pull down all three walls just to get her attention. But he took the time and the trouble to do it. He took the time and the trouble to detour into Samaria and go to this well when he was weary and sit down in his weariness to reach this one woman. He did whatever it took. He patiently stayed with her. Like I said, longest conversation with anybody in the New Testament. He patiently stayed with her, listened to her, talked to her, gained her trust, loved her, didn't judge her. And this story also shows that you've got to go where the people are. You can't expect them to come to you. You got to go where they are. Can you say with me, I got to go where they are. You know, they're not going to all come to you and say, you know, I've sensed something on your life. Can you explain to me why you have so much peace? That hasn't happened to me in years. I have to tell somebody why I'm different. I have to make the effort. You know, think of a firefighter, a fireman. He doesn't stand outside of a burning house and say, come out, come out, come out. Come to me. He's trained to run in there, to find them, to seek them, to lay hold of them, to rescue them and bring them out, play a crucial role in bringing them out of a burning house. And folks, I want you to know that anybody that does not know Jesus is in a burning house. And, and you've got to go where they are. You've got to step into their life. You've got to take the time and the trouble, even if you're weary, even if you're inconvenienced, and talk to them. I don't believe anything happens by accident. I believe that God brings people across our path all the time who need to know about Jesus, and you and I know him personally, and we're to share him. The gospel is for sharing. The gospel is for telling. I believe it was God's will that my garage door opener broke a couple of weeks ago. Now, let me tell you a quick story. My garage door started opening up all on its own one day. It was weird. I wondered if God was telling me to go somewhere. <laughs> the garage door would go. Went out there. I looked to see if the button on the garage door opener was stuck or something. It was Everything was fine. Kathy and I would be sitting in the house, and she'd come and say, did you open up the garage door? i say, no. She said, it did it again. And I said, really? i go out there and look at it again. Wide open. Then it started going all the way down, and when it hit the bottom, it would go all the way back up. I started to call for an exorcist. It's like, what's doing this? Down, up, and in the middle of the night, it would open. 
So I said, I'm going to have to call a garage door person. So, you know, I opened up uh, the phone book and I said, Lord, lead me. And I called the first person I called. They said, we'll be out there in a couple of hours and we're going to look at it. So here he comes. And I went out there and met him and said, there it is. Here's what it's doing. He said, go on in the house and I'll, uh, I'll tell you what it is in a few minutes. So a few minutes, he calls me from his cell phone into my house and I went out there and he said, here's the deal. You're going to have to get it replaced and all that. And I really did. It was like 22 years old. So anyway, so I asked him, I said, you have a bit of an accent. Where are you from? And he said, I'm from Israel. And I said, are you a Jewish man? And he said, I'm full blood Jewish. And he said, I speak fluent Hebrew. Well, you know what I was thinking. <laughs> you know what I was thinking. So I said, huh. I said, well, he said, you go on in and I'm just going to fix it. I'll call you when I'm done. I went in the house and it seemed like the Lord said to me, you can't talk to him from in here. And I said, Lord, I don't feel like standing in that heat in that garage sweating. He's being paid. I'm not. The Lord said, go out to him. So I went out to him and I stood there and I sweated with him while he told me all about how his in-laws, his grandfather had been killed. He had family members that were lost in the Holocaust. He was filled with anger. He didn't believe in God. He rejected Yeshua, Jesus. He rejected God. He said, I'm not sure about any of it. And you know what I was led to do? Just listen. So I stood there starting to sweat right along with him. And he tells me about this. All this starts coming out of him, pouring out of him. And I'm thinking, I'm not to preach at him. I am to listen to him. So I listened, and he went on and on, and I listened to his anger, and I listened to his rage. And he said, you know, sometimes I just feel bad that I'm Jewish because people are against you just because you're Jewish. And so I'm talking to him, and I'm thinking, wow, this is a divine encounter. So I waited till he was all done, and I said, you know, I'm a pastor. He goes, really? What church? And I said, turning point. And he said, over there are 35? And I said, yeah. He said, I've seen your sign. And I said, well... Now, this is at the end of an hour. He's wrapping it up, and he's all done. And I told him how I was saved in jail. I told him how Yeshua, Jesus, became real to me. And I told him how shocked I was at how real he was, that it stunned me, and that he could walk with him, and he's listening. Now, here's what I know. If I hadn't gone out to him and let him talk for an hour, he wouldn't have listened to me. And I gave him my card about the radio show and the church. I was going to be on the air in a little over an hour. I said, I'm going to be on in a little over an hour. And I guarantee you, when he left and was driving down that highway, he tuned me in. And I'll tell you something else. If I hadn't stood out there for an hour, he wouldn't have given me the time of day. That card would have gone into file 13 before he was down the block you got to go where they are. I'm not going to be surprised if he walks in one day and sits there and looks at me. Okay? Say with me, you got to go where they are. Say with me, you got to go to them. Now, here's the third thing I see. We see Jesus' witnessing technique. Listen. Rather than preaching at this woman, he talked to her about her deepest need. Let's drop in on the conversation. Listen to what he said. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now she's confused. 
She's thinking of H2O, the only water she knows anything about. He's talking about some kind of miracle water. So she's confused and she says, Sir, I'm looking at you. You don't even have a bucket to draw water out of the well with. How can you give me this living water? Now Jesus has her engaged in conversation. And he takes her deeper. He says, everybody who drinks of this water and this well is going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. As a matter of fact, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring in him. In him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, you know what he's talking to her about? He's talking to her about spiritual thirst. That longing we have for God that we can't put our finger on. I am convinced, I am totally convinced that when somebody abuses drugs, abuses alcohol, turns to a joint, turns to speed, turns to some addictive drug, they don't know it, but deep down they are looking for what Jesus called living water. They are looking to reconnect with God, but they are like somebody with amnesia. They don't remember that they were disconnected from their father way back in the Garden of Eden. So they don't know what it is they're looking for, but they just know they're looking. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's in this drug. Maybe it's in this drink. Maybe it's in this relationship. Maybe it's in this philosophy. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's there. I'm looking because I've got a thirst. He's talking about spiritual thirst with this woman, and he's telling her what happens when you turn to him and you're born again. At the moment we say, Jesus, forgive me, and come into my heart, be my Savior and Lord, listen to this, watch this. The Holy Spirit, essentially, figuratively speaking, goes into you and digs a well. Jesus said, a well is going to be dug inside your soul, and out of that well will flow the presence and life of the Holy Spirit, springing up into everlasting life. Springing up. He's gone into an area that she doesn't get. She's confused but intrigued. And I love the way the Master Jesus reeled her in. She says, sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty and won't have to come here to draw water. You know what she was saying? Hot dog, if you can swing it where I don't have to walk down to this well anymore, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> hey, if I can have water just right at my disposal, bring it on. So she said, give me this water. Now, when she did that, she was basically saying, Lord, I want it. How do I get it? And that's why Jesus went where he went next. Because you see, church, listen. If you're going to get the living water, you're going to have to face the truth of your life. He essentially said to her, sin, your sin, must be faced and forgiven. Until our sin is faced and forgiven, there is no access to the living waters. Because that's the wall that's there between us and God, sin. Our relationship with God is broken through sin. And what he has for us, we can't get till that wall is pulled down. And that's why Jesus said, go get your husband. Here's what he was doing. He was using his supernatural insight, his knowledge of everything, because he knew everything, knew all about her. He was using his knowledge to move in gently on the target of her troubles. Oh, you want the living water? Go get your man. Lord, funny you'd ask that. Uh, what does this have to do with water? Can we change the subject? 
I see her starting to squirm a little bit. Well, I have no husband. Then Jesus went straight to the bullseye. You're right. You've rightly said you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And you're living with a sixth man without being married. Have I ever met you? Who told you about me? No one. You don't know who you're talking to. Jesus went straight to the sin issue and said, it's going to have to be fessed up and forsaken and forgiven. Read your Bible and you'll see that Jesus is all about calling people to repentance. Listen to what Jesus himself said. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He said, that's why I came to call sinners to repentance. Because until they repent, this wonderful, glorious experience of the flowing rivers of the Spirit are kept from you, are unavailable, inaccessible. Now, I think by now this woman is starting to get a clue about where Jesus is going with all this talk about living water, never thirsting again, and her husband's. You know what I believe? She's tired of her shame and guilt. She's sick of it. After a while, sin becomes so heavy. After a while, sin just weighs you down. Don't let anybody kid you. The Bible says don't envy sinners. It's not wise. Because payday always comes someday. And when the payday for sin starts rolling in, it's always miserable. It's always heavy. It's always breathtakingly bad. She's tired of living with her shame and guilt. She's sensing that Jesus right now, then, at the moment, might be able to help her. So she says to Jesus something that I think she was trying to change the subject and maybe impress him a little bit with religious talk. She says, I know Messiah's coming, and when he comes, he's going to tell us everything. Aren't you impressed, Lord, that I knew a Bible verse? He looked her right in the eye and said, I who speak to you am he. Oh, gosh. Now, she understood this much. If that was true, God was looking at her. I who speak to you, lady, am he. I'm the Messiah. I took a detour to this well to sit here, to meet you, to talk to you, to love you, to win you. And he would soon follow through with that by going straight to the cross. And I want you to remember that there on the cross, do you remember one thing Jesus said? He said, I thirst. And they tried to give him vinegar and he wouldn't take it. He said, I thirst. Have you ever noticed that whatever Jesus experienced on the cross negatively turned out to our positive? Do you remember the Bible says with his stripes we were? And he took our sins and placed them on him and his righteousness and placed it on? So everything that happened negatively to Jesus turned out to our positive? What about thirsting? He said, I thirst. That's a negative. But you know what he did on that cross? He thirsted for us so that we would not have to live with an endless, frustrating, thirsting for God that could never be quenched. The sinless Son of God took upon himself the iniquity of us all, and his death and resurrection paved the way for that great day of Pentecost. And, you know, you talk about buckets and going to the well. I picture this huge bucket in heaven filled with the life-giving Holy Spirit. And when Pentecost came, God just turned that bucket over. And because Jesus had thirsted on the cross for us, 
Then God said, here you go. And he poured out the Holy Spirit and it cascaded down and it splashed upon the whole early church. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they drank 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 and and their thirsty souls were satisfied. That's what Jesus did for you and for me. No wonder on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed is he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for he's going to be satisfied. So are you thirsty today? Do you have a need for him today? You may have one strike against you, maybe two, maybe three, maybe more. But let me tell you something. Jesus wants to talk to you today. In closing, I want us to notice something that happened. Remember now, Jesus took the time and he witnessed to her. The Bible says that her joy and excitement, when she realized who he was, when he met her need, when she got rid of her sin, she ran back to town and told others, I love this, come see a man. I hear something there. Come see a real man. Come see a man like no man I've ever met before. Come see a man I don't have to hide. I want to show you a real man. I want to show you a man who I can't believe I've met. He told me everything I've ever done, and I never met him before. Could this be the Christ? And the result of her testimony was a genuine revival where the people came streaming out of the village to see him, and many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him, and he stayed there for two days, and many more believed on him. So look at the dominoes. He witnessed to her. She went and told the whole town. A bunch of them came came out and got saved. They went back. They talked Jesus into staying, and then many more got saved. So there was a domino effect, and the same thing happens today. You tell somebody, they tell somebody, they tell somebody, they tell somebody, and before you know it, word has spread. Listen to what they ended up saying. We know, not we wonder, not we think. We know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. That's what the whole town said. Whole town affected by this one woman. Isn't it amazing? The shady lady became the first mass evangelism person in the New Testament. Told the whole town. And God completely changed her life. Let me summarize what we've learned real quickly. One, nobody's too sinful to be saved. Two, no one is so lost the Lord can't find him. Three, no one can be saved without facing his sinful past. Four, nobody who faces his sinful past is going to be turned away by Jesus. Five, no one who meets Jesus will ever be the same again. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that the story of the woman at the well has encouraged you. And don't miss next time where I'll be sharing the third message in our Tag a Friend series called A Conversation with Little Big Man. Now, please stay tuned because we've got some exciting Life Talk information to share with you. Conversation with a Shady Lady is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Tag a Friend. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. 
Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Tag a Friend, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.